crypto millionaires. What's up, y'all, and welcome to the ApeCast. We're going to talk a little bit about crypto. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the business that we're doing in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I got my two boys here with me. I'm Jacob Sovnik. I'm a computer scientist from University of Wisconsin-Madison. I moved back home. Albuquerque's my home. My other two boys are from the locale. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Uh, my name is Jack Spillman. I do a bunch of cool stuff, and uh, we're trying to do some more cool stuff. So I'm excited to see where this journey goes, and this is gonna kind of record what we're doing, what's happening, where we're trying to go, what we think is gonna be cool, and uh, all that good stuff. Yes, I'm uh, Jeffrey Warner. I'm a digital nomad, human nomad, personal nomad, spiritual nomad. If that means anything to you, <laughs> definitely. All right, so first thing that we're talking about is uh, a little bit of crypto business, no? Let's do it. Well, it's all down. It's bloody red. The only thing up today was Mana, actually, by like 3%. I saw that. Um, everything else was red. The Decentraland is Mana. It's usually uh, Metaverse kind of stuff. Um, I need to get some more of that. Yeah, Metaverse. Today's date. Uh, what is today's too. date? January 6th, a year since... Everything's down. January 6th, 2022. <laughs> <A little> Timestamp. <laughs> uh, market's bloody red today, but I think there's a lot of stuff happening in Kazakhstan. Um, government is doing some stuff with some protesters. Not very fun there, but they shut down their internet and they mine around 17, 18% of the Bitcoin. Um, a lot of them are like Russian farms. Macedonia is doing a lot of crypto stuff. Russia in general, ever since China. Um, put a crackdown on Bitcoin mining. Um, there's been a little bit more available because there's not as many people doing it. There's still a increasing amount of miners out there, but I think they're relocating them outside of China to different places. And Kazakhstan seems like a decent place. Um, what, what has the best internet? The fiber optics? Where is that? Uh, Romania. Romania. If I'm not mistaken. That's right. It's one of the so, top ones. There's a lot of Eastern European stuff and um, Mediterranean places that are that are kind of getting into crypto just because their energy is really cheap and so mining is going to be pretty good over there america i think has uh decent energy in i know here in albuquerque it's pretty cheap but if you start going to california and stuff like that it gets a lot more expensive but i know in europe um they can mine a lot of stuff solar mining would be the next move That's but you need way. to invest in a lot of uh, solar panels first so washington state also cheap electricity mm. a lot of bitcoin farms actually moved to washington state when i was there unfortunately they started putting a crackdown on uh they started doing some different type of regulation not energy driven so they found another way to get money from them so a lot of them shut down there but like you said solar is obviously the way to go that would be the cheapest cleanest energy that Actually, it would be green, but green for the planet too. So, for once, maybe crypto can get a good name. You know, hmm. what I mean? instead of being like, it's not good for the environment. Well, yes, it is. We use solar for everything. You know, so maybe we could. I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, I think I think you hear a lot of people talking about the negative sides of crypto and its impact on the on the environment, and uh, you know, nobody sees it as a driving force to to pursue clean energy. You know, like the. People shouldn't look at it as a, oh, well, you know, it's, it's you know, burning through a bunch of energy all the time. It should motivate people to go more towards clean energy. 
you know, crypto, crypto and decentralized finance is uh, certainly worth, you know, worth building upon. And so are you going to shut it down because it doesn't necessarily, you know, doesn't necessarily conform to the to the green energy platform right now? No, nah, I mean, you know, like if people if people had that same mentality about about cars, we wouldn't have Tesla, you yep. know, like it's the companies that are going to innovate and take us forward into the you know green era and and those energy companies will have to drive drive things forward seriously they will and it's just a, it's just kind of a shame that people look at it as such a negative aspect of crypto in my opinion you know i, I think it should be motivating good point good point helium's pretty uh helium is the most i guess energy efficient user-friendly kind of mining there is because it's five watts of power and then doesn't really use your internet it's like someone's kind of streaming netflix yeah. in their room or something so um, but everything else is usually ASIC mining, so it's going to be computing power. Um, I guess Pi Network's pretty low energy, considering it's just a peer-to-peer. So it kind of depends. I think uh, Ethereum moving to proof-of-stake is going to be a little bit different as well. I don't know about that mining or how that's going to work, honestly. Yeah, um, I, I could t- talk a little bit about that. You know, that's that's going to be a huge thing in, in 2022 is the switch over to, to proof-of-stake. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I think, I think that you saw that you saw that timeline get pushed back already once. And honestly, if the market doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't steady itself out or turn up in 2022, I think you, you might see Ethereum delay that, um, you know, delay it further out. The, the whole point of, of, um, you know, moving away from mining is one to save energy, but, you know, two in theory, so that, they can decentralize further, but it's an experiment. The proof of stake is an experiment because it, it's a lot more like a security at that point, you know. Um, and and the the worry behind that is is current U.S. regulations will will treat it differently after that. And there's also something to be said for uh, the health of proof of stake as it moves into the future. So the whole point of of a of a cryptocurrency like Ethereum is that it is one of the most decentralized. It's why it has the the following that it does, and it's why it has the valuation that it does today. And uh, there's there is some speculation. It's worth mentioning that you know people fear the the move to proof of stake being a centralizing a centralizing change, um, because essentially proof of stake is moving from um, hey I own this computer, I had it do this amount of work, and so these are my Ethereum coins to Hey, I own these Ethereum coins, and I need a validator on the network to prove that I own them, right? Well, the validators are the key thing there. You have to own a humongous stake in Ethereum, relatively to you know people like us, to to actually validate those coins, right? And so, what's to say that some large player, you know, we're talking about Kazakhstan earlier, and and that, and uh, you know, what's to say somebody that has billions of dollars in, in cryptocurrency wouldn't come along and say, I am the validator now, you know? So something to be said for both and sides. That might, and that may still happen. Yeah. One big whale comes through, change the whole game. Yep, definitely. We should also be clear real quick, proof of work is typical Bitcoin mining, which is essentially a computer or a calculator running um, calculations to verify the network to make sure everything is still in place. Proof of stake is usually owning a certain amount of the network and you get votes essentially 
on what goes on. It's kind of like shareholders, I suppose. So that's why it's a little weird uh, for some people to think of it moving to proof of stake because it seems like it would be controlled by whales, um, which is basically just having billionaires own most of the Tesla stock or something like that. But there's pros and cons to both of them. Yeah, and we'll just have to see how that plays out. You know, like I think that I think that you can look to some things that like Vitalik has said about you know moving to moving to proof of stake, and you know, in theory, if everything goes his way, uh, you know it's going to be a great change for the Ethereum network. Yeah, he's well, a smart one guy. One of the main things I, I see that I think is going to help everybody in the crypto space is the uh, they call public adoption. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, what you were saying, people are still fearful and scared of, you know, is it a scam? We hear people in the, at our job all the time, Bitcoin's a scam. You, you know, it's not real money. It's not this. It's not that. You don't own the coin. You don't own anything. I mean, there's an argument for you don't own the dollars that's in your bank account. We just talked about. They yeah. freeze your account, like one of our friends has had had has had happen. I I don't think that you really own that if you can't get your money out. Exactly. I don't consider that ownership. I mean, nobody complains about that. <laughs> that happens every single day. People's uh, bank accounts get seized, get frozen, whatever reason. They'll just dip in there and take money out. So I don't know. I think the volatility is what people don't like, but that's exactly, I think, what crypto people do like. You know, the unregulation, the volatility, the lack of, like, whales controlling I think that is some of the key points that we like about crypto. That's what makes it profitable. Yeah. I think decentralization is kind of eventually the way to get everything to go. Um, I guess I might have misspoke. This one saying twelve around 12% of Bitcoin's worldwide computational power has vanished after the Kazakhstan. Um, whatever happened, let's see. Violent protests erupted over the soaring cost of fuel in the nation's autocratic rule. The president, I'm not going to try and pronounce that, sacked his government and declared a state of emergency. On his orders, the largest telecom provider shuttered the internet uh, to interrupt communications among the opposition's ranks. So um, the entire country just basically went off the grid. Um, and then so there are miners there can't essentially get service. Um, so exactly. it dropped between the... That's the key. Yep. On his orders. Yep. Um, so someone can disrupt the market that much. It's pretty red today, also because of that um, ape heist that we will talk about in a second. But um, this one's saying 12% of their computational power is there, and that the hash rates for Ant Pool and Poolin and Binance Pool fell between 12 and 16%. So I guess I think that's what I tried to remember. But um, so that the overall thing dropped like 15%, but they probably mine about 12% of the world's, which is still crazy that's, that's uh, enough to really that's enough to make rate. everything go red that's for yeah. sure but does it say how much uh is it back i mean y'all just real quick i want to give a shout out to all the all the people in kazakhstan that are like literally fighting for their freedom and their live livelihoods yes, right sir. now yes, you know sir. yeah yeah i'm wondering did it uh is the internet back on now or i don't think so miners back uh, i couldn't tell uh Let's see here. It stays off for... Called a 60-day state of emergency late Holy last year man. to enable a redirect of funds to energy imports. And so they might have done the same thing now. I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't think they have like a, a date yet. It just happened yesterday. I'm pretty sure. So. Well, I know. I know. He, the fifth. He, they said he he ordered that you shut down that you, you know, you sputter the internet to shut down the mining and all that kind of stuff. I wonder did they turn it back on now? Right. Or how long are you, you going to have it doing this? I wonder if I can search internet Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Ka- Kazakhstan. I can't pronounce that at all. It's in James Bond. Kazakhstan. And when, uh, I think it was. I think it was the one with Halle Berry. No, it was. It's, the, <laughs> it's no. Borat, bro. It's Borat. <laughs> no, it's in that too. But it was in the James Bond. Yeah. Though. It's in the one with. Uh, I think it's one with Denise Richards. Word huh. is not enough. It's one of those. That picture they put there is rough. It's in one of those. Yeah, you're so right about that, man. That's the one I know it from because he kept saying it Kazakhstan. You know what I mean? That's what he was going to do how to say it. <laughs> Protests begin January 2nd because uh, the fuel price has doubled. That'll do it. Uh, as the country slowly comes back online, information remains scattered. One local report published by a Latvia-based news outlet suggests that some demonstrations were not as violent as the world had led to believe. Uh, I don't know if they have like a, a set thing. Yeah, I don't see if it came back on or anything. Mm-mm. Since 2019, it's always a strategy. Yeah, because they, they tried it then. And oh, that's how they stopped protests. Oh, yeah, they just shut everything down. Well, they justify it by shutting down all communications for the terrorist organizations, quote-unquote, to do stuff. Um, which, I, I mean, in a country like that, maybe they don't have the same kind of stuff as the U.S. to crack down on things, so that might be all they can do. It just happens to be so cheap for energy that all the Bitcoin mining's there, and it just happens to crash it. What so. we need to do, what I should have done is we need to, Establish more connections, more European connections. If we had known, like right when that started happened, like they got off an email to you, hey man, they're shutting down our internet today. Yeah, you know, catch mm-hmm. stuff on the way down too. It's all about knowing the ahead of doing ahead of time. That's all it is. Yeah, knowing something before like the market before somebody else. I, I think I think decentralized finance is a really interesting window into into how different governments control their societies. I mean, you know, you're when you look at DeFi as a whole, this is a society either changing or breaking development. You know, I, I think is just about as long as as, you know, most civilizations have been around, there's been some form of, you know, a banker man, you know? You know, somebody has the money, somebody made the currency. I mean, you know, go back to the time of the Romans, whose face was on Roman currency? It was Julius Caesar. It was Julius Caesar. It was the man in charge. And, you know, that hasn't changed to this day. You know, I still got Benjamin looking me in the face when I look at my wallet. Not like I have Benjamins in my wallet. Look at Xerxes on 300. Exactly. Exactly. My divine power. And so this is is like one of the first times where, like, people have taken, you know, finance into their own hands. And I think the 12 to 16 percent drop just based on, you know, a small country is indicative of how important it is to them. You know, Kazakhstan is definitely a, a you know a place with a tumultuous government, and and you know you're you're starting to see that with decentralized finance, when you put money in the hands of the people that their government doesn't control, you know it's gonna it's gonna lead to change, especially if the people ain't happy with their situation. Mm-hmm. So I think I think in another regard, you can talk about crypto as a you know as a social justice tool, as a as a means for society to move forward. And and you know perhaps shed some of the shed some of the you know the burden of centralized finance finally 
And that's that's big. That's bigger than a lot of people think. You know, yeah. it's one step closer to true freedom. You know, so I think we're on our way to seeing maybe not a global currency per se, but crypto itself would be like a global currency. It'd be liberating for every country, like you say, depending on how much you need it, internet, how much you use it. Mm-hmm. It don't have to be one specific currency, but the cryptocurrency in general is what I mean. Yeah, I got a feeling that it's going to blanket the whole planet. Every country is going to be using this. All we're going to be doing is transferring cryptos, you know, or digital, some kind of digital money, some kind of, for one thing, the government wants to be able to track everything that they can. So you, I got a feeling paper... Paper money, fiat money, that'll be a thing of the past pretty soon. Well, that came out today that they're tra- uh, the IRS wants to report every Venmo or Cash App transaction uh, over $600. PayPal, too. Yep. Yep. Well, they got to pick on the little guy, man. You know, like, seriously, who, because... Who came up with $600? Yeah, who right. came up with $600, man? <laughs> there are a lot that of hard-working plugs yeah. out there that they are can, just getting wrecked. They $600, okay. Yeah, so that means I need to send five ninety nine more unlimited times. Is that what I need to do? <laughs> I might still flag it because what you can't pull out ten thousand dollars without reporting it to the IRS. Yeah. Um, you have, you can't do nine thousand nine hundred either because it's like almost there. I feel like right, you have to do like eighty six. You know? Yeah. I just, come back, I just come back an extra day. You know what I mean? That's all right. You know. Yeah. That's um, a good trip to the bed. I wake up, just go down there. Yeah. About nine thousand. Um, but yeah, I mean, for a country that's as great as we have it here. And as many freedoms as we do have, there are also a lot of restrictions. You know, I know that they say the government was supposed to is supposed to be here for our protection. We don't want you to do that. You know, we have FDIC, we have regulations to protect your money. I don't know. I'm beginning. This crypto is beginning to open my eyes to a lot of uh, irregularities mm-hmm. in society in general. Not only just the economy, but I mean, just like you said, the, the way like certain countries treat their people based on certain things as cryptos. Now, we, for the first time, we're able to see that. We yeah. know it was quite like that until our our percentages went down. Now we're looking at what Kazakhstan's doing, you know? Yeah. And shed light on what's really going on over there. And I think the beginning, January 2021, there was 1% of the world invested in crypto, and it took a decade to get there, and point. Five percent of that was in the last six months before that, and then now I think it's about three to four percent of the world is getting into it because it hit a three trillion dollar market cap uh, a couple months ago. Just the overall cryptocurrency in general is at three trillion, and that's that's serious. That's serious money. That didn't right take much. very much time at all. That's serious money right there. How you know? fast? How fast is growing? Yeah. Yeah. To put it in perspective, I mean, you know, three trillion dollars. That is like. That is like more than a tenth of the U.S. economy in its entirety, mm-hmm. and so you're talking about you're talking about something out there, financially that's as big as most other countries. You know, yep. you know, talking about the U.S. at 19 trillion dollars total GDP, you know, we're the biggest dog out there. China's at like 13 or 16, I think. Yep, that's that's exactly right. So you're talking about something that just that has no flag, no yeah. nationalism. That it's is like worth three trillion dollars. More than like Italy's GDP, basically. Yeah. But I think um, that's the beauty of crypto. That's why I think it's going to be globally accepted eventually because there is no one person. I think every country, I think a lot of people in general, humans in general, I think we like to have a government. We like to be, we like a measure of control. But I think deep down, we all just want 
deregulation. I think <laughs> yeah. I think it's just something in our nature. We we kind of like to be able to transfer money. We don't. It has to be a U.S. dollar. It has to be the lari or the lira. I mean, or the Deutschmark, whatever. You know, you know. You can okay. I want to send Bitcoin today. I want to send Ether. I want to send Litecoin. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to yeah. be able to have some options. You know. Yeah. And I think every country is going to start seeing that, especially I, I, the ones that are at least economically. You know, driven up to actually to be able to do it. There's Not a like Brazil coin now. Yeah, right. I mean, Brazil's trying to... You know, to... Argentina's already in on it. Yep. With Bitcoin. There's something to be said about, you know, the existing political theory of, of large countries as it is, which a large part of is is economic manipulation in, in some method or another. Um, you know, like, in the United States, our market's supposed to be laissez-faire, but... You know, in the 2008 financial crisis, Obama whipped together all the heads of the biggest banks and was like, hey, get your shit together. And that's not what I call a laissez-faire economy, not by a long shot. And, you know, I'm, you know look, look at China with Evergrande. You know, this is, a, this is a company that houses a significant portion of a hun- an enormous population that they have. And, you know, they're, they're going to default every month. Is it going to happen this month? Is it going to happen next month? You know, stop being a pussy and just do something about it, you know? But that's that's the way it is. You know, I feel like I feel like crypto hits at the heart of, of that, you know, base political theory that you could, you know, have some control over your people through economic manipulation. And that's huge. And I, I think a lot of people think about the negative sides of that and don't don't think about the benefits. Um, you know, but but I would say as inequity grows throughout the nation and throughout the globe those benefits start to diminish and people start to turn to things like cryptocurrency and go, hey, you know, this looks this looks better, you know? I, I, will, I will say as somebody, you know, relatively new to participating in crypto, but somebody that's watched it for a long time, you know, the, the, the thing that really interested me the most was avoiding these situations where I can't take my money out. You know, I, like, I'm a young man out here. I, I have got my first 401k within the last five years and uh nobody told me i couldn't pull money out of that fucking shit you know like that but but what the hell i you know somebody tells me that that's good for me and so i'm gonna i'm gonna follow some advice every once in a while you know and you get fucked and people are sick of that you know people are sick of of having them you know people are sick of having people spoon feed them what's good for them and you know it just doesn't turn out you know, I think I think there's uh, there's American dream fatigue, so to speak, and I think that's global. Great, great phrase there. You might have to coin that one. Yeah. American <laughs> dream fatigue. Might put that on the shirt. That might be the name. That might be the name of the, that might be the, name of the podcast. Put that on the bumper sticker. <laughs> that's it right there. American dream fatigue. That's nice. That might be worth the price of this show right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Write that down. Let me make sure see if they, see if anybody has that one. That yeah. is good. <laughs> no, you're right though. That is what it is. In a in an unfair world, you look to a, what they consider an unfair market for fairness. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, That's exactly right. It starts getting so bad. Let's turn to crypto. That's the only place we know we can get our just due. Oh, okay. That's exactly right. Especially all those Dogecoin millionaires, people that yeah. I mean, January. What it was like? Actually, like a year ago like today, year. exactly. Yeah, it was like a year. I had people calling me. I counted twenty six people within twenty four hours that texted me or called me, hey, can you buy me some Dogecoin? Because they didn't have the platforms or the access to buy it. They maybe had a Robinhood, with, that was about it. But I had people call me like, hey, can I wire you thousands of dollars right now? And I'm like, no, 
Just no. If you remember, Robinhood froze for a little while. They exactly. On Dogecoin and then I went, I went to Binance, and I had all my stuff in a different exchange. That's why I told people don't use Robinhood for cryptocurrency because you don't own it. There's no wallet there. You can't transfer it out. You can't get it to a ledger or an airdrop or something. Um, but I think it's interesting. That was, uh, that was about a year ago, and then everyone started – there was just random millionaires. That's why the, the government started cracking down after Dogecoin popped. They were like, wait – there's this something going on here. This is when they froze GME, everybody turned to crypto because it was 24 hours. So when they couldn't buy their GameStop stocks or sell them, they turned to crypto and they started moonshotting Dogecoin. And I never thought that would go to 76 cents after I you know I bought in at point zero 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 three, something like that. Like you get like, I put in like a hundred bucks and got thirty thousand of them. You know that's that's stupid. Um, but I think that with so the metaverse is now worth more than the American car GDP, which is pretty crazy. Um, but it seems like with a GDP of what did you say, six, uh, seventeen trillion for uh, the US? Nineteen trillion for the US. Nineteen trillion. So that's just that's just business going back and forth, all the money circulating. But if people and they're they have twenty grand in their accounts and they're starting to put five or ten grand into crypto every year because they want to either make money or they think it's safer or to diversify. They're, the average person is putting in their money instead of just having everything circulating. So they're buying food and gas and stuff. That's all circulating now. But when you start taking your actual bank account money and putting that into crypto because it still holds value, um, that's going to make the market cap of crypto, I think, surpass countries in a little bit because that's just access to new money. Like the American economy doesn't have access to China's regular people's bank accounts. You know what I mean? So unless they buy something on the internet from... Amazon or whatever it is, then I guess it, it goes into it. But it, it just needs it takes a little bit of time for, like I said, for everybody to get on board. But yeah, for the people that are old enough to remember when people used to write checks, <laughs> I don't know if people remember. You don't see them too much no more, do you? No. Nope. I remember I used to work at a company where we used to sell those those check machines that they used to run through, and the companies used to tell me, "Oh man, they got debit cards now. Nobody uses checks." So I started thinking, okay, the debit card companies, and then pretty soon every bank had their own debit card. Now, nobody uses checks anymore. Everybody uses a debit card. Now they go into like a tap card. Eventually, I think it's just like that. It'll get going where everybody will start doing crypto in some way or shape or fashion. Yeah. Maybe not everything, but even if you just buy a popcorn with Dogecoin, that's enough to keep it going. Exactly. You know, if everybody starts doing that. Well, some guy bought a Nissan with Doge, I'm pretty sure. Like, you know, the guy that ordered Papa John's, the, the first one with Bitcoin? I mean, yeah. Pretty soon, the companies will start offering that. You know, we'll we'll accept Bitcoin for it. We'll accept for your Starbucks. They were already talking about doing it. Starbucks and uh, Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. I saw a guy pay with his Apple Watch the other day. I was at Sprouts, and he just, you know, you can tap your phone. I didn't know you could tap your watch because he didn't have his phone on him. So he just taps his watch and pays for his fifty dollar nice. bill. I'm like, huh, that's cool. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a, I, I'm a little old school. I'm a little worried about putting everything on every device I have. You yeah. Know, like all my bank, I was like, they're on my phone. It's on my watch. It's on my necklace. <laughs> I mean, I like, come. On, I mean, that's more your programmer. That's more opportunities for somebody to do something. The more exactly. device you got it on, somebody, somebody just swipes something. it. Yep. yep. But you, you bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. There's, there's a lot of danger in crypto right now. Yep. You know, uh, you know, we, we said we were going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the ape ape NFT heist. heist. <laughs> So why not? This is a, a great a great point to jump in on it at. You know, I think that I think that when you look at the history of like the US dollar, at one point it was very easy to take US dollars. You know, back before back before the American highway system, back before they could 
ship a hundred police from one town to the next in forty minutes. You know, you could rob a bank and get away with it. The old bank robbers on horseback, and you actually get just ride off, and they just won't even check. You just get away. Man, even (laughs) even when cars first came out, even when that first happened, there were people getting away with bank robberies. And I think I think you find yourself in a similar place with crypto. Um, You know, you're you're talking about you're talking about things like the metaverse and decentralized finance and you know, all the various things that you can pay for with crypto, I think people have, you know, sort of a confirmation bias based on the things around them. You know, like they look at their credit cards and they're like, oh, crypto's going to work the same way where it's just, a, you know, an open transaction. Mm-hmm. But here you have something totally different. And there's a bunch of new lanes for these quote unquote bank robberies to happen. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there as a hot take. If you buy $2.2 million of NFTs and you get scammed out of that shit, dumbass. <laughs> I, I just I can't say anything else. You, you had fucking to do it. You, could, you couldn't stop. You couldn't resist, could you? Uh, this this <laughs> motherfucker could have watched five YouTube videos and figured out how to put his shit somewhere where it was where it would have been safe. And you know what? That's the truth. That's the truth of it. Because his dumbass is gonna scare a bunch of people out of out of the value of their NFTs now that that's happened. And he's devalued the market. This idiot has single handedly devalued the market. <laughs> And, and you know what? You're going to get called out for that. You're going to get called out for that. I, I, I get all these people feeling sorry for you, but I don't. You know, have fun looking at your JPEGs that you lost, yeah. bro. <laughs> Back in the JPEGs. <laughs> the, 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 the copy thing great. is when you steal it, what are you going to do with it? Exactly. Well, that, just it, on another point, think about the metaverse itself. When, when did you first hear about the metaverse? I mean, think about that. A couple years ago. As it is now, a month ago, with, with the say, recent this, this stuff. Food, like, really, I'm thinking maybe a year, maybe a year and Like, a half. Ready Player One yeah, stuff, like, Sword saying, Art Online. Right. I've always kind of, yeah. like, known I'm that was coming, last, but... Probably six to eight months. I mean, yeah. This thing is huge. Facebook enough. changing its name to right. Meta kind of did it for the public. NFTs, They're like, what? They don't start blowing up within the last year mm-hmm. or so. I mean, I mean, this is, this is like, going, like... This is like really like super fast. This is crazy. I mean, we knew about it, but just the fact that the world starts right. to know about it, it's in the news all of a sudden. Like Crypto.com Arena now. That's yeah. nuts. The no ESPN guys are talking crap about it. Yeah, people on ESPN are talking crap because they, they don't understand crypto, but they will. If they don't call if they don't call that place the crypt, I'm going to be very, <laughs> very they say. That is exactly what Yeah, they're going to do that? Yeah. I've been watching it. Yeah, they like the day they announced the change on December twenty fifth on Christmas Day, I was watching basketball all day because I wanted to see it. They said, oh, "Crypto.com Arena rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it?" Ha ha ha! And then like the Lakers were losing, they're like, "Yeah, they don't call this place the Crypt after this." And I was like, "Dude, you can we pump up crypto? Don't down it. Nobody's going to nobody's going to do it if you keep taking shots." But that's all right. If they keep seeing it, they keep seeing it. You know, they keep going to the games and. Pretty soon they'll just they'll start buying it. Oh, it's a twenty year contract, isn't it? Hey, with that old ass yeah. team the Lakers got, they should call it the Crypt anyways. They're gonna have to <laughs> bury half of those suckers in a couple years. <laughs> the ARP Crypt. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nah. Nah, but we the stuff like that. You know, Tom Brady's got the the FTX commercial. Mark Cuban you know, offered Dogecoin at mm-hmm. the Dallas Maverick Stadium. Elon Musk was talking about possibly accepting Dogecoin now. So we'll see. I mean, if more and more things keep going like that, we'll be right on time. We'll be we'll be right back where we need to be. Crypto millionaires. Say it with you me, know. everybody. Crypto, Crypto millionaires. millionaires. <laughs>
Yeah, you got. It. I think I think what you're seeing happen with uh, you know crypto adoption is 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 really the culmination of a couple of like exciting pieces of new technology coming together. Um, you know, you you have the advancement of virtual reality technology to the point where it is consumer friendly. You know, I think five years ago, uh, you know, maybe ten. Uh, Jesus, I'm an old. Um, <laughs> maybe like ten years ago. Back when the first HTC Vive, which is a virtual reality headset for those of y'all that don't know, back when that first came out, you had to have, you know, like a beast of a computer and money and money and a big enough space to do it. And, you know, honestly, fuck Facebook, but but the Oculus stuff has been has been huge in opening people up to the idea that virtual reality is accessible in their homes to them Mm -hmm. or maybe not even in a home, you know, maybe out and about. I think that virtual reality technology is kind of coming together with um, with crypto to to really make the metaverse what it is. You know, I think that I think that ten years ago, if you know, if crypto had been ten years ahead of where virtual reality was, and you started talking about the metaverse, people may not have been that into it. But I think that you know we're close enough. We see things in in popular media like Ready Player One. You know, different different movies like that where, you know, you're sort of enticed into this world beyond reality. And that's really what it is. There's a lot of crazy technology out there to, to get your mind to think it's somewhere else. I've seen some crazy things in my time working with virtual reality. I've seen uh, Smell-O-Vision. It's not, it's not literally what it's called. There's some company that works very hard to make it not Smell-O-Vision. But they have uh, a thing that you wear on your face. That like puts the smell of mountain air in your nose. Wow. Um, you know, there's there's uh, haptic feedback suits. Mm, those are sweet. Um, they are sweet. They are sweet. They'll make you feel hot. They'll make you feel cold. They'll they'll apply pressure to your body in certain cases. So like you can feel somebody like put their hand on your face. Um, yeah, that's gonna be nuts. Especially yeah, like you know what carrying that's ammo and stuff. Yeah. Sounds to me, <laughs> sounds to me like all of this we're doing. Is in the effort to gain some type of experience that we're not getting. Whether it's virtual reality, I want to see somewhere, act like I'm somewhere else. I want to suit on, I want to feel cold or hot because I'm, I'm not really outside. Or, I mean, everything I feel like is a substitution for something. Exactly. You know? And you're right, and you're right. That's where, that's where all of this is going. Mm-hmm. But back on piggyback what you just said, though, I just thought of that when you said it, but the metaverse, I think crypto... It's almost like the perfect storm. Crypto allows the metaverse to like operate kind of because like the, exactly. it's like the currency of the metaverse. You couldn't really do like, I mean, you could maybe do the foreign exchange and have a digital U.S. dollar, a digital Japanese yen, a gi- digital. But how could you convert it? See, crypto makes all of that possible. You can actually, you know, cross transfer whatever kind of currency to anybody anywhere. In a game or out of a game, mm-hmm. you know, 100%. percent big. There, there are gaming services right now that already kind of tackle that problem in a different way. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was a dork at one point in my life, too, getting no pussy. And I used to play, like, 200 hours of Counter-Strike a week back when I was a kid. And, uh, that you could know, have something to do with it. You f- you're fucking right. It had a lot to do with it, man. <laughs> just saying. It had just a lot saying, to do with saying, it. Just saying, you know. And, uh, you know, back at, even back then, 
you know, you might get lucky and open a, you know, $150 skin for a sniper rifle or something. And that's just money that came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, like I'd never seen something like that in my life until that happened to me. Because you could trade that, huh? Yep. I was just opening, I was opening boxes and, you know, I played that much to, to get lucky with something once. I opened a rare sniper rifle and a rare knife, man. And that was like $790 together. 790 bucks that just came out of nowhere. That was, that, that came from a video game. So I think the concept has been there, and I think you're right. I think that crypto enables that next step forward and is some tangible value to what you have, especially in a world like, you know, the, the thing that I always thought, especially back then, was like, man, you know, this this sniper rifle skin was just like a random roll out of the game. You know, some, some computer program was like, pick a number between 1 and 5,000, and you got lucky, kiddo. And, uh, and that has no value to me. But when you talk about what an NFT is, you know, a non-fungible token, you know, relying on the fundamentals of, you know, crypto's enforcement of uniqueness. You really can have things in video games that have some real world value. You can, you can limit the amount of things that there are out there. You know, I know I just took a huge shit on it and was like, yeah, download your JPEGs. But, you know, there is, there's definitely something to be said for owning the official copy, right? You know, look at look at a stupid show like Pawn Stars, you know. You're, you're coming out there and, and if you have the real deal, you're going to get like half a million for it. Yep. But if it's not the real deal, you might get like five bands for it, you know, like on the low. You know, so I think that there's definitely something to be said for, you know, all the naysayers of NFTs out there. It's like you see that all around you every day. You know, the, that Whoa. shower curtain you bought from Target is in 400 other yeah. homes, you know. <laughs> That's the same thing with any art. I mean... Go to a museum. I mean, go look at the Mona Lisa. Go look at whatever. I mean, I mean, who puts the value on this? Yeah. I mean, all this is is a digital version of art. That's all it is. Or it could be something else too. I mean, eventually it'll be car titles, deeds yeah, to your house. I'm just saying, like, yes. The the priceless when Mortgages. they say a portrait is priceless. You know what that means? I know. I mean, I know you know what it means, but yeah. people don't understand when they say price. That means you can't offer a price for it. That's yeah, a lot. Sentimental. That's yeah. a lot, though. I mean, right. What about five million? No, prices. Fifty million? Prices. Yeah. One hundred million. It means something to me. Means, I'm not ready to part with money it. Is of no, that's, that's basically what we do with NFTs. So yeah. the people that think NFT is not going to have value or it's going to... It's Art's not dead yet. I mean, it's the same right. thing. 100%. 100%. It's it actually to, easier to create than a painting. Yeah, Well, I mean, honestly. depending on if you're really good or not. They, I mean, I couldn't do it. I mean, but I could probably <laughs> do NFT with some training. I couldn't paint a picture. Okay, how long are you training? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. That's not, I'm not an artist, you know. There, there's something to be said for that real too you yeah. know I mean like just because just because you know your homie down the block can take a Toyota Camry and and you know buy some ridiculous body kit that makes it look like a Bugatti doesn't mean it's the Bugatti right yeah you know yeah. like just because it's a copy doesn't like mean, doesn't mean it's necklaces. that real like yeah gold plated necklace that's what start turning your neck green you ever had one of those I have yeah bro uh, to know to know uh <laughs> I'm not proud about that, but I bought, <laughs> fake, I bought some fake necklaces. It happens. They always told me that. They say they'll turn your neck green. I say, how would that happen? But when the gold penning wears off, whatever is under it is like some kind of it's allergic like to aluminum, skin or, yeah, something. Yeah. aluminum or something. I learned the hard way. Hey like man, you said, we all do. at the first day or two, it looked like a real gold necklace. I was good the first couple of days. Bet. I was Bet. like, oh yeah. I got in the shower with it. And then like next day, I was like, something's <laughs> like, oh yeah. Something's not right. They got me. <laughs> yep. But yeah, originality, quality, and originality. 
I was watching a documentary. Dude was talking about uh, Stradivarius violins. Mm-hmm. You know about those? Yep. They were talking about the actual man who made the Stradivarius. It's like those violins now. If you can get one, they're like worth. They're like, they're like absurd amount of money. But yeah. it's handcrafted by him. It's like like you said, quality. Exactly. He used to make like the best violins back then. You know, real wood and everything. Give you the right stat, the right tone. And those electric violins now. Those are sweet. Oh yeah. Just yeah. a stick. <laughs> Again, you're talking about something that's priceless, though. You know, like it's sure. You know, the diagram to build Stradivarius violins has been passed to the hands of many a master craftsman. And for some reason, those bastards are still the only people that have ever made it just that specific way. Whatever was in their coffee that morning had an effect on what they were doing, you know? (laughs) And that's like something, I think they probably left something out of the blue of the plans. Like if you're a master sword, what is it, like those forgers that make swords? Yeah. I can write a book on it, but... Unless you're training with me, I'm gonna show you a couple little. There's a, there's a little wrist. Yeah, you, know, you, little, know, you gotta, you gotta you rotate that. a little bit. They, they yeah. know certain little things. Yeah. Finesse and yeah. and like speaking speaking as an artist and a craftsman myself, you know, like that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. I ain't gonna tell nobody everything about what I do. That would be giving you? up the value of Why what I do. You? Unless you're like training an apprentice, so that's probably the only way you do it. And then still might hold a little self, a little bit back. That's why it's a master and a student. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and just to like just to like wrap it back around to crypto and stuff, you know, like the artist that made those ape drawings is still out there. You know, like this is somebody that that will make more work that, you know, like their previous work precedes them and the value of their work. Um, you know, there are there aren't too many, you know, household names in terms of uh, like 2D art these days. But Banksy is another person that's out yeah. there that's been doing it for a long time. And, you know, there's there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on with Banksy pieces now with uh, NFTs. Some f- dumbass company out there bought a Banksy for $90,000, burned it, and then made the, made the video of burning it an NFT. Right. And that's like, that's like what they did with it. Um, you know, that being said, not every decision like that is good. They sold it for $7,000 after buying it for $90,000. So maybe not the best idea there, yeah. kiddo, but, you know, it... it that's that's kind of what it is, you know. Like, there are there are great artists out there right now, and saying that NFTs have no value is pretty much akin to saying that artists have no value, right? right? Which, you know, we can stop and take a tangent on that. You know, like that's what we're conditioned to believe. Everybody gets their music delivered, you know, essentially for free through Apple Music and Spotify mm-hmm. and whatever. But back in the day, you actually used to have to go out and buy that DMX record. Oh, yeah. You used to have to go out and buy that you know, Jay-Z record or whatever. And and that's serious. That's serious stuff. And you spend I th- your hard-earned money just to listen to something. Exactly. And, you you know, you we're in a time right now where artists are artists are starved out. You know, there, there, there are no starving artists. We're starved. You know, it's not something that's happening. It's happened. And, uh, you know, NFTs are starting to put some power back in the hands of artists. You know, I think that's I think that's definitely a conclusion. You can I take think away. it'll be interesting too when when so everybody has a, a switch or an Xbox or a PlayStation in their house. For the most part, it's just a common thing. Even if you don't play it, you've got something sitting there. Maybe you turn it on every once in a while. You watch movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So eventually, everyone's gonna have an Oculus or an HTC Five or whatever. Once they get a little bit cheaper and the technology increases a little bit, we've seen exponential growth. Like you were saying from from Facebook, allowing it to get into normal people's hands. It's not crazy good virtual reality. It's cool. You know, like The Walking Dead has decent graphics, but it looks like 
2004 GTA San Andreas kind of graphics right yeah, now. Yeah. Eventually, I give it another two years at this rate, it's going to look crazy. Like It's going to look like Skyrim or even better, you know? So I think that once everybody gets an Oculus or whatever it may be, maybe there's something new that comes along, once they're cheaper and more efficient and uh, better processors on there, I think people are going to start when they're sick and they still have to go to work or something, or especially with COVID. If you test positive for COVID, but you're still good, you're like, I can work, but like your boss you won't be, let you, you go virtually. in. You just tap on the yeah, virtual reality. Like virtual you're there in your virtual office. Here, yeah, know? other people are going in. Or, or I mean, it's going to be like Wally, where everybody's just not right. doing anything. Another side tangent would be, I mean, Elon Musk is trying to basically eliminate, well, not trying. He's trying to make electric semis that can drive longer and farther than people because people have to take like a nine-hour shift and then they have to sleep or else you're putting other people's lives at risk. So these five, ten semi-long um, trains essentially will all be linked to the driver and it's going to drive and see potholes and eventually will be way better than a human driver. Right now it's like 99% efficiency, but that's not good enough to put it out on the market, so they have to do like hundreds. So anyways, once that happens, it's going to eliminate all the truck driver jobs because it's going to be way cheaper to buy a Tesla Cybertruck to deliver all your goods and have five of them than pay five different truckers that are going to take an extra day and a half just to get there because they can't drive all through the night, you know? So there's going to need to be some sort of universal basic income which I think is going to be interesting too. And then people are going to have to just go to the coffee shop in VR to meet. Or if I'm in Puerto Rico and you guys are here and we still want to meet and we don't want to Zoom, we can put on the VR and you can have a rendering of us or a hologram that's indistinguishable or at least good enough for you to trick your brain. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, which is cool. That is super dope. I'm excited for that because that's, I like person to person interaction, but we could do this podcast from you're in Singapore, I'm here and you're in Dallas or wherever, you know, and we could still sit at a virtual table and feel like we're here because humans like sitting down and eating with each other and just talking and stuff. So you can recreate that experience or, or contact lost having dinner together, but you're not actually, Right. Yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah, eating. Yeah. Huge. That'd be huge. Um, and you can Sitting contact table, your loved your ones table, or something. Your table. Exactly. Got over there. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you can just have like a camera above you that renders you like yeah. like a Star Wars hologram. Essentially, it's just scanning. You can wear something and it'll just scan everything in, uh, even if it's semi indistinguishable from reality. Um, eventually, it's going to be absolutely nuts, and, and I don't that's see that taking pushing, very long at all. 5G. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be working together. Crypto, five yep. G. Five G is nuts. Together. You can stream yeah. like eight four K videos at the same time with the same bandwidth as like a four G. You're going to have to have. In order I might have messed up those numbers, but it's something ridiculous. You're talking about. Yeah. You're going to need at least five G. Exactly. To, be able to do holograms exactly. in real time. So, yep. You're so, going to need at least that. So, it's getting there. It's already there technically. I mean, yesterday my friend was showing me something. It's the VR elevator, and they just have guys, and they're all just in a server messing around, but they choose, like, a banana character. One guy was a mini three-foot-tall jigsaw, and so, like, they just walk into the elevator, and they're talking, and they make funny TikToks. VR and, chat. Yeah. Yep. And so it's pretty funny, but, I mean, even if you're just messing around with your friends it's, or if you're doing business, if you're just wanting to connect with your family members that live across the world, it's beautiful. Um, Maybe the next but, thing since the telephone. Yep. I think it would so be. Everybody's gonna, I mean, everybody has an iPhone in their pocket now, or, or a smartphone at least, I mean. Yeah. So, and, and you can't get through society without having it. You, I guess you can. You can have a little flip phone, and you can make it's it. Not, but it's not easy. Trust if you don't I want, tried. like, Instagram and stuff like that. It's, yeah. not, it's not easy, trust me. Yeah. I mean, if you just want to communicate with everybody else the same way that they do, I guess. Definitely. Yeah, so just to, just to like, speak on a couple of points that you mentioned there. Um, 
so you're right. You're right about you're right about the fact that you know we're we're making advancements towards technologies that are eliminating jobs, right? And uh, you know just to speak on speak on behalf of uh, all the trucker homies out there, um, I don't think we're quite there yet with uh, you know in, with with um, self driving artificial intelligence yeah. is, is really what it is. Um, the the one thing that computers have never done and cannot do is you know react exactly like a human brain which is to make non-deterministic decisions that's mm-hmm. the that's the technical right. term you know you want to talk about the fundamentals of computer science at its heart is determinism versus non-determinism and so when you talk about um, artificial intelligence today unless you are you know unless you are one of the people that's working on quantum computing you deal in a deterministic computational world, right? And so, you know, I, 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 I kind of have to push back against the whole Elon Musk self-driving car movement. It's just not there yet. And, no, yeah. It's and gonna take a few years, I think. You can you can write, you know, terabytes worth of worth of programs that can react to every little scenario, but man, you know, look at how much we're talking about the way the world is changing right now. You know, if, if, if we make self-driving cars respond to everything that could happen today, it's not to say that somebody tomorrow isn't going to walk out into the middle of the road with a VR headset on and smoke themselves on some automatic car, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and so I think that, I think that, you know, we're in a weird time right now where, where you could look at. You could look at, you know, certain advancements and say, like, this is going to replace a bunch of people. But I think the other thing that we touched on was work via some virtual reality environment, right? I think much more likely the case is going to be you have, like, remote truck drivers, you know? Like, you know, somebody picks up a A shift and they pick, yeah, like a drone, like exactly how the U.S. military does it, where somebody picks up a drone and, you know what, when they get done with their shift, you know, Bob is going to be in next and he's Mm going to drive the next leg, Um, and I, I think that's, I think that's in in all likelihood much more likely for things like that in our in our immediate future. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's something that's interesting to take a look at if you're interested in more about this stuff. Uh, is the Stanford hundred year study on artificial intelligence? That's definitely a really good read. Um, it's a little bit doom and gloom. Um, I I I think something like I think it it forecasts something like sixty percent of the workforce to be automated you know by x day and that's that's a pretty scary thing to read so if that kind of stuff stresses you out don't look at that but <laughs> yeah, i would always take that with a grain of salt you know like it's not happening as fast as some people might like to think it is or it's not happening as fast as some people would like to make you think it is elon musk is in the business of making money and he's a bastard and so what is he going to do he's going to tell you that his ai technology is perfect and that you should believe in it <laughs> Of course that's what he's doing. He's marketing his product. But the truth of it is, is there are still people being paid to write code that helps those cars drive. And so that means it's not done, right? So I think that, I think that, you know, for now, we're just going to have to sort of live in this like middle ground, right? Where all these technologies are emerging and, and, you know, we just have to start rolling with the punches a little more. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, you know, we briefly touched on quantum computing. I think that's going to be an, a topic for a whole other podcast yep. just because of how deep that is and, and some of the ramifications that it has on a lot of the stuff that's that we're talking about. Skynet. Oh, Skynet you know it. Right there. I said, you we're know already it. going. 
the uh, one thing while, while I was talking about that, I was thinking that um, the front car or the front semi truck on that, they could they could string five or six together and use 5G to communicate instantaneously between all of them. The downside is if it loses service in the middle of the woods or something, that's going to suck. It's probably got to be satellite. That usually works out. Um, but And then, yeah, the front car would have to be like somebody on a drone. So then they can have like a chain behind them of cars that would respond exactly so that if the front one breaks, all of them break at the same time kind of thing, and the guy in the front could drive the drone. But then you have like, yeah, communication errors, connection errors, everything would have to be in sync, and I, you're still paying somebody. I think that's the... I think that's probably the exact purpose of programs like Starlink that are out there, yeah. you know, that seek to truly bring uninterruptible broadband internet to everybody, to Starlink every so cool. every square inch of the planet. <laughs> it is really cool. It's really it's cool. No more buffering. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, it's got pretty fast speeds right now. I mean, I'm sure they're going to upgrade it eventually once they, as everything. But right now it's pretty decent. Like I would rather pay Xfinity right now just because it's easier because i think you can buy a starlink kit for 500 bucks and then it's like 100 or 130 a month or something which isn't too bad especially if you're like you're a van life kind of person you hook it up to a solar and you're in the woods or something but right now i don't see it worth it uh, not yet but it will but, be if you're running because xfinity's got still things. way faster speeds and stuff it's decent speeds like i said but i mean just want to just want to go out on a limb here and say fuck xfinity y'all know what say, you're doing i don't, I don't like xfinity i got them i don't like them y'all know what you're doing <laughs> The American taxpayer gave y'all a bunch of money to build the broadband internet system, and then y'all were like, we're just going to hold this hostage and charge <laughs> you by the megabit when you go over on your data plan. Bastards. You know exactly <laughs> what you're doing. We built that shit for you, and you privatized it. We're coming for that shit. That's facts. I hope Starlink puts your asses out of business. And CenturyLink sucks even more. Flag. My CenturyLink has <laughs> yeah. always been good. I'm leaving that one in there. Xfinity is all good. Xfinity jacked my credit up and all this stuff. I mean, over one little box. I'm like, dude, I got, I gave it back to you. We didn't credit it. Oh, that's your fault. You know, the dropped thing, my credit score and shit. Yeah. The thing I mean, that pisses you know, me off, they, they came at me the other the month and they were like, you've used too much internet. And I'm like, what is this, a cell phone plan? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? Nah, I don't know. It just depends. I think it's different no matter where you go. Xfinity normally is pretty good at fiber optic, you know, you know the, the cable. They're board. always fixing something in my neighborhood. Yeah, I live, there's no cell service where I am, and which is infuriating in its own matter, but um, they're always working on something, so my internet will go down like once a month maybe for a couple hours, which isn't that inconvenient, but it's too. still not streamlined all the time like other companies. And so. then they got it like, they do like a, a update on their modem or whatever yeah. at three in the morning unless you turn it off, so mm -hmm. every night, your internet's gonna go off for like five minutes unless you like change it in the settings. I was like, why would you do that? As a miner, I don't want my internet to go off at all. See, yeah. normally I wouldn't be. I think they probably figure most people be sleeping, mm -hmm. not streaming. Or I'm a miner, so you know, I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want my internet to go down at all. 100%. You know how it is. If the light goes yellow, go red, and you gotta wait for it to reboot back yeah. up. I just, I just lost mining cycles on that. You know. Word. No, I, pre was... I appreciate you as a minor putting in a good word for Xfinity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Xfinity, we need you to... Uh... Sponsor us. Yeah. Can you, uh... Yeah, I'll take can back everything I said. <laughs> can you increase my bandwidth while we're at it? <laughs> yeah. While we're talking about it, I'm in apartment number 214 over there on uh, Louisiana. <laughs> They're like, okay. I go there, my internet's off. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> you well, know it. I think that was productive. 
I think it was. Yeah, that was a good start. I mean, I never tried. That's a good way to start and get a little practice. Yeah. yeah, we gotta end it out. I think I'm, so. I can have a little theme song. I don't know. All buy the listeners are here with us. Today. <laughs> buy any crypto today. <laughs> any crypto. Yeah, any crypto. Just buy something. You know what I mean? That's what I tell people. Look at the top ten and just pick something and put some money in it. I don't care which one you buy. Buy some of them. Get into it. Help everything. Get into crypto. Start learning about it now.